We're focused mainly on developing our own infrastructure. We have the infrastructure with Binance and Bittrex and all of the, the regular centralized exchanges, but one thing that we found is going to be really important is having our own independence from that, right? We want to ensure that we can have our own exchange infrastructure that's, that's independent of the existing one. If you look at the crypto industry, most of it's built on the Bitcoin backbone. And that's why we're never going to really see any of these projects exceed Bitcoin because they're all within that same economy, right? We're, we're following, you know, maybe somewhat ambitiously, but, you know, we're following kind of the original model that Bitcoin set forth with the network effect, but not necessarily in one that, that's following, right, or appeasing to venture capitalist investors. We're not, we're not trying to appease the old money. What we're doing is we're creating a, a system where the new money buys the new time, right? And so we're focused, you know, a lot right now, primarily on helping, you know, different countries that are, or countries that are impoverished, places that need it, right? Rather than trying to appease to large Bitcoin investors. And one of the reasons being so is we want to look for quality, right? And a lot of the Bitcoin industry, I guess the market, the market itself isn't as high a quality as I personally think it could be um, just because of, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of banks, there's people that you know, clicked a button 10 years ago and now they have you know a sea of bitcoin right what we want to do is we want to build our own decentralized exchanges and decentralized trade systems for you know actual real produce for people in eco villages and we already have you know a lot of use cases they're working on they're focused on that so i just wanted to drop this note that you know it's really important for us to build our own infrastructure and that's really what our primary focus is instead of appeasing the existing one of the biggest challenges i've found with decentralization is kind of the shifting of the mindset um, you know, a lot of times we're, we're coming out of this, this oppressed economy, right, and moving into these new economies. And so it, it takes a different type of mindset. And the session that we're doing right now is a result of that. You know, lots of people have become inspired and they've been taking things into their own hands. And it's really that's that's the beautiful part that, that I see is, is I see this blossoming and seeing people realize what they're capable of and taking some things into their own hands because I'm, I'm only one person. Right. I, I build code. So it takes takes a community really driving this thing forward, and it takes people willing to to be you know taking that step towards decentralization, which takes a lot more skill, honestly. And that's that's one of the the beautiful things I find about this industry is, you know, all the the prior money, you know, capital in the world, venture capitalists, they they don't have the capability to do it necessarily because of this shifting in this mindset. And so regular people can come together and you know form a nexus, which is essentially just a network of people. And nexus means a connection, a serious connection, linking two or more things. So, you know, we can come together and form this and empower ourselves through, you know, what we've already been doing. But, you know, instead of empowering these, these central authorities, as we've done prior now, now we have the ability to empower ourselves, right, and have technology to, to facilitate that. So, yeah, it's it's been a really beautiful process. It's, I think, eight years down the road now. Um, we're still chugging away, still building stuff. And you know, it's, it's also nice to, to be around such a, a patient community, too, that, that understands what it takes, really, because right. we have, you know, we're building these financial systems to last, you know, centuries. So <laughs> it's going to take a little bit longer than six months or a year to develop the technology to do so. Right. And so, you know, we've, we've been on that road for about eight years now. And I mean, we've probably got a, another few before we, we're going to see, you know, some of the full sharding and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, it's it's been really, it's been a great process to see and to watch. You know. Yeah, and that's that's also, it's a result of the, the other way of thinking, right? Um, decentralization, really, <clears throat> to make it function properly, it's an art form because you have this combinatorial explosion, which means, you know, you have 
all these different nodes you you have if, when you have a combination of events it exponentially increases the complexity of the system and so as you start adding more and more nodes in the system figuring out how to make it scale in a trustless way which means anybody can join the network but you have to be able to filter out who's somebody that's you know actually contributing and who's somebody that's malicious right um it it's very 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 difficult and I mean, it's, you know, I've been programming since I was 11 and Bitcoin chewed me up and spit me out 10 times over. You know, that's that's how we learned how to build what we're building. And, um, you know, a lot of people are cutting the corners in the centralization because they want to get these products to market. And they're not really seeing the larger vision of it. Right. Like we have Polkadot, who's what, five private keys they can sign. Four of them are founders. And it's pretty easy to make a centralized system scale because you don't have to coordinate all these things. You don't have to rely on, you know, not trusting one another in the system. Um, but to see a truly decentralized system scale, it's it's definitely it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of resources and it takes a lot of, of shifting of our own mindsets, which isn't something so easily done. Right. As we know, once we grow up, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. It's just more difficult. So we're yeah. seeing a lot of that and a lot of that replaying through crypto. Right. And like a lot of the Wall Street mentality is replaying. And then a lot of the, you know, the crypto economy is just, you know, falling for that centralization and because it, it is it's, it's easier and it'll give you more immediate results but in the long term um you, you end up with problems like we're seeing with ethereum right like building software is somewhat like building a, a building once you lay that foundation it's not too easy to be able to change that and is we've seen that personified with vitalik uh, he'll, he'll state you know you can't change a, a car <laughs> you know that's driving down the road six miles an hour and that's you know that's something that i learned you know over this last eight years is that every little decision you make now um, has this type of combinatorial explosion into the future, right? You know, it, it makes so many effects on the users, every little decision you make. And so a lot of these people that, are, that have launched these, you know, blockchains and they just wanted to get to market quicker are starting to, to recognize now that they've made all these mistakes. If we remember 2017, uh, exchanges were shutting down left and right from the influx of people because they, they weren't designed to scale, right? They worked at a smaller, you know, level of scale in the industry and then they had to go shut down and shut down new users to rebuild their whole back ends to make it work so we're kind of focused on let's build it right from the ground up so that when we get to going 60 miles an hour we're not going to have to change the tire right um, the car is already built and ready to go um you know so yeah we we're kind of we pretty methodical in, in how we do it and you know the more and more i researched and understood the more i realized the weaknesses of existing technologies like <clears throat> one of those you know when i was talking about the repeating of the mindset is you know most cryptocurrencies use level db which is google's database which was just developed for google to store you know information and it's a key value storage engine so you know we found there's tons of limitations in that especially that a blockchain is an ever-growing data set um and you know <laughs> databases conventionally as the data set grows they get slower and slower and slower they're usually a logarithmic uh, time complexity so i've spent probably about i think it was about four years um developing you know a new database that doesn't slow down it's, it's called constant time and that's a really key feature that's necessary for blockchain growth right because if you have an ever-growing data set then that means you're ever going to be slowing down and if you <laughs> it should be the opposite where you know as more people join you, you should have more computational capability right that's at least the idea of distributed computing but I don't think that's been fully realized with blockchains because, you know, you have this exponential time complexity for message propagation. You have all these other issues. You have these database issues even, you know, and it, it just there's a lot of little details that I think have been overlooked. And those little details, you know, kind of come and bite you in the butt if once you get down the line and once you have all the users, you can't so easily change it. Right. So, you know, we've we've 
we've stayed pretty small over over the years you know in, in some senses just because our technology is very different and it's, it's it's a little bit more difficult to understand but on the other side because we've been focused primarily on developing solid technology that can be a solid foundation and <clears throat> also developing things that aren't necessarily specific to blockchain such as this database can be embedded as a database service and you can use it for your web applications and i've tested it up to about 500 million keys and it's just as fast as if it has five million keys or one key right it's constant time so that also brings benefit to other areas of the internet so you know we see this this whole blockchain is is somewhat of a, a subset of a larger framework um, where we can provide these roots of trust we can replace all these centralized intermediaries with this blockchain you know common source of truth because that's essentially what these central parties do such as certificate authorities is they're just um acting as a, a trusted middleman so that people can reference each other through this trusted database right and the blockchain the trust from the database comes from the consensus right which allows it to function without the need for those so we can replace certificate authorities we can replace isps we can replace all these central infrastructures that were kind of band-aids around the internet and if you want to get down into like unscalable architecture we talk about the internet's architecture too i mean it, it works for now but I've spent a lot of time with some of the, the fathers of the internet, one of which uh, Dino Farinacci, and I, I learned a lot of the you know the issues with the internet as well. I mean, he's in his words, he says the internet scales because it drops packets, <laughs> not because it forwards them, right? So a lot of a lot of things that I've seen in computers over the last you know few decades has been reactive architectural development rather than proactive architectural development. Which what that means is. You have a problem you realize that you you had because you didn't anticipate that in your initial architecture so you have to develop new architecture to, to supplement that such as dns that you know back in the day they used to pass around a host file and they're like well people aren't going to want to type in all these numbers okay well let's create this new thing domain name system right and you know they've just continued to do this reactive oh we're running out of ip addresses you think yeah 4.3 billion addresses isn't enough we need to do ip6 Oh, wait, but now the whole internet's already propagated with IP4, so who's going to buy these new routers? It's hardware to find. You know, so these problems keep multiplying when you have these these reactive architectural developments. It's kind of like a, a game of whack-a-mole, but we really we focus on proactive architectural developments, which requires one to have the foresight to see forward in the future of what you know people are going to need. So you can develop all the things now that will you know function to serve that in the future rather than constantly having to play catch up because your architecture is just not fulfilling you know the requirements you set it out to do.